let's look now at our all-important radar defense screen. But your regenerated circuits are tuned asynchronously, and that causes concatenation in the intermediate amplifier. Initiating started sequence. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the English Department Roundtable Podcast here at Bishop O'Connell High School. I'm Mr. Meehan with you here as always. And this week, we have a group of really smart people to talk about a really smart, hard book. Uh, Ernest Hemingway's For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is like 490 pages of sadness and death and war and explosions. Um, and I don't know that that's a nice way to spend your summer, but you guys had a chance to look at it. Um, I'm seeing some smiling and some shrugging. Um, so talk about it today. Instead of bringing teachers together, we're bringing in students. And they're going to talk about what they got out of this very heavy book, both physically and literally, because it is a very heavy book too. Um, so let me give her a round of introductions as we go around the circle. Um, to my right, Katie, uh, and a last name, go ahead and pronounce it for the audience. Cole Claw. Uh, how are you feeling on a scale of 1 to 10 today? A little sick, but pretty good. A little sick, but pretty good. Excellent. So you're feeling better than, let's say, Maria, Pilar, Robert Jordan? <laughs> Definitely. Okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. that. <laughs> That's a good way to start. Um, to your left, uh, let me get this right, Serena Davis, yes? Yep. Um, yep. You feeling good today? Yeah, pretty good. On a scale of 1 to 10, do you like the book, hate the book? It was uh, a book. Like a seven. It was a seven. Yeah. I mean, more more liked it than didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. Compared to the other books, I liked it. <laughs> Compared to the other books, you liked it. Well, yeah. we'll start. I'm glad we're in this podcast. Excellent. Zach, cross the table for me. Zach, last name? Moletta. Zach Moletta. Um, and on a scale of one to ten, loved it or hated it? Uh, I'm, I'm with Serena, seven. Seven. So I, can, I, I can't convince you guys to go to ten yet. Maybe by the end of today's podcast, we'll be at ten, maybe. You're not buying this, not buying it. Um, to your left, Jessica Seeger, yes? Mm -hmm. Jess, how do you feel about this book? I, I, have, I have three gals in the room and, and three guys in the room. Hemingway seems to be very divided along gender lines. Sometimes girls are not a fan of his stuff. Do we like him and didn't like him? Um, it, was, it was good. I'd say maybe like a seven or eight. We keep saying seven or eight, but only seven or eight, not nine or ten. Nah. All right, well, I'm going to ask. That's going to be my first question about nines or tens. So we're going to think about this. Um, to your left, Nick. Yes. And can you pronounce your last name for the... Uh, Rocha. Rocha. Excellent. Yes. And Nick, uh, was this your first time reading a Hemingway book? Um, actually, it was. And what did you think of it? I didn't enjoy it much. Like, some of the characters I felt like were a bit sloppy, like Maria. I didn't like her interactions, but for the most part, I did enjoy the book. Okay. I'm glad you got it. I'd say 8.4 out of 10. 8.4 out of 10. <laughs> Guys, step it up. Yeah. Nick said 8.4. Um, well, let me ask that question. Nobody gave it a perfect score. So let's start there. Why? Or why not? What about this book that kept it from that being a perfect 10 for you? It, uh, Zach, you fired up about that. It was, it was really dense, and it, was like, it wasn't as dense as the moviegoer. Yeah. But I think that's just how Hemingway writes. He wants, you, he wants to pack it with information yeah. just like, for like a big conclusion. And he's, he's building a lot of things in there. Like, like lots of character development. Yeah, like yeah, pretty yeah. Much everyone, like Pretty much everyone develops like either negatively or positively. There's nothing that he's wasting time on. He's spending a lot of information just really yeah, beating us up with it. He didn't waste any time. Okay. Uh, Jess, you're agreeing um, on that? Bouncing off of that, I was going to say, sometimes the stories that he would tell in the book just kind of like went on a little long. Yeah. And Seeing some heads nodded, yeah. 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 Like internal dialogue. That's right, yeah. you're saying that those internal, like those head spinnings, those flashbacks. Yeah. You just yeah. Think he was talking to himself. Not a lot of action. So that you weren't you weren't really in love with that. You're like, just get to the point already. Yeah. Uh, Kate? Yeah, especially they talked about blowing up 
the bridge in the first chapter and it didn't happen until the last chapter so I was kind of like oh my goodness yeah. when is it going to happen yeah it feels like that that like the Lord of the Rings movies it's yeah. like three episodes but just throw the ring away how hard could this be <laughs> man um, well I mean Zinek did you, did you you said you had a higher score than everyone else did what yes. made it closer to 10 for you um, I did enjoy the writing like I know it, it was a lot of text but I did enjoy like all the embellishment, all of the information, especially the past that we get from him. Yeah, and, like at the hotel, I think it was in, like Madrid somewhere. Uh-huh. The, like the big flashback sequences about yes. how he kind of came to be involved with this this Spanish Civil yes. War. And I didn't really find like a, an issue to read like that much. I did, I did enjoy like all of the flashbacks and all that. Look, I can write. I mean, there's no doubt he can write. Um, but there's something in here that, that that gets me every time I'm reading it. Like the Spanish, we talk about that, um, <laughs> and like the way that he's crafting his sentences. Like Ernest Hemingway was alive like in the time of the automobile, so he doesn't have any reason to be writing sentences like these and thys and thous. Why, why is he doing that? Why is he writing like half in Spanish, half in English? Why is he writing this overly fancy um, format of, of sentences? Like, what, to what end? What is the purpose? Maybe or some possible ideas of why an author would would think to do something like that? Because um, he doesn't have to. Um, it's like a stylistic choice. Just um, maybe. Uh, what year did the Spanish Civil War take place? Um, so somebody wanted to check on that one. Here we can actually check on the publication. It was like, the book. It was like 1936. Okay. Human Google guys, excellent. I'll, I'll pull up Google on my phone while we're talking about it here to double check. Um, but so you're you're putting a historical context around. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say 1930s is that that's around when automobiles came out, right? So that's when he wrote the. Or okay. I was gonna say like the time period matching with like the language. So trying to sound. Well, hold on. It's not just maybe the time period. Where else, where else, what else do we know about the location of this book? Let me talk about some of that maybe. Um, like where's it set or what's going on? With it. Like middle of nowhere of Spain. Middle of nowhere of Spain. Um, so a place that's in some ways like kind of removed from like, yeah. society. Yeah. Like they haven't really caught up with the times. So yeah. it gives it almost like an older fashioned kind of feel to it. Um, do you think he's doing that on purpose? Like by making it sound like it's this old romantic historical yeah, epic. So I think he's trying to make it more authentic by doing that. Like it heightens the experience. Yeah. Um, does anybody here speak Spanish? Because my Spanish is, is not very good. Yeah. Um, Poquito. Oh, Poquito, right? I don't know, four honors. Oh, excellent. So we're gonna put you on the spot here. Um, oh man. Well, yeah, because well, my Spanish is, is no bueno. I'm, I'm not good at it. Um, like I always say, mas o menos, but I'm more menos than mas. I'm not, <laughs> not so good. Um, Robert Jordan writes in like Spanglish throughout the book. He'll like drop in his lines, but his Spanish isn't actually perfect Spanish. It's, no, you're but shaking also. Like the things I said, they don't translate directly. Mm-hmm. So if like you type it in Google Translate, it'll have this like super formal like meaning when it just means like oh like what's up instead of like what is passing what, time, what is passing which time. is that direct translation. So so he's super literal in his like writing of Spanish, which means yeah. he like doesn't actually understand the language of the people. But yet Hemingway's like super smart, so he deliberately wrote it in in bad like broken Spanish. Um, P.S. You're totally right. It's 1936 to 1939, Zach. Well done. I love it. It's like Wikipedia over here. Um, so why do it? Why why write in bad Spanish? Why write in a translation that is like it doesn't fit or it didn't work? Because his editors or he probably probably caught that and was like, you know, this doesn't mean what you want it to mean, right? Well, like why do it that overly formal style? Well, Robert Jordan is from America. Okay. So like, if I went into Spain, yeah. I'd probably speak the same way as. That sort of clunky, like, out-of-place Spanish. Does that seem like it fits the style of what we're seeing in the novel? Like, about somebody who, out-of-placeness, does that come up in other ways? I'm seeing some emphatic head nods. Jess, go ahead. Um, I, like, he kind of, he's, or, everyone's kind of out of place with where they want to be. Like, they think they want to stay at the rock, like, in their little hut, but then they're kind of just 
out of place in their group and mm -hmm. like Pablo's out of place when he uh, wants to be the leader of the group but mm -hmm. then um, I think it's Pilar yeah like it takes a lead so, so there's this there's weird inversions of who's in charge and what we're fighting for so like out of place seems to be like a thematic thing that comes up again and again throughout um, let me let me have a let me let me throw the gauntlet down and have a conversation here so we have three gals and if we count me we have we have three guys in the room um, who's the strongest character in this book is it a girl or is it a guy Pilar. 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 We're all we're really we're all just like right onto Pilar. Yes. What makes what makes Pilar? Because Pilar is a, a female character, and Hemingway often gets a lot of flack from critics that says he doesn't write strong female characters. But you guys are all almost like without even any prompting. Pilar is where your heads are at. Zach, what makes you go like into the? I'm on hashtag Team Pilar. Well, also I, I think that maybe Maria could be considered a strong female character because of what she does for like Robert Jordan's character yeah. and how she moves it like he, she moves him from like here to like, all the way over here it's like really it's a really significant character yeah, you guys can't see it on the, on the podcast but he's gesturing like across the table from like one place to a further extreme um, it's, it's a direct result of his relationship with, with Maria that even in these four days he has like this huge character development Katie I think uh, Pilar knows herself the best like she had that really awful experience like seeing Pablo like command the death of so many people yeah. as like one of her first like war experiences and then that's like that was I guess those were her expectations for the rest of it mm -hmm. but it kind of simmered down but I think she definitely knows herself the best which like helps her like, maintain strength yeah Nick? Uh, so I do admire like her strength and how like you know from Finito what happened to him, she was able to move on with Pablo and once Pablo you know eventually left the camp along with her supplies she was able to remain strong and sympathize with Robert Jordan. Yeah, she's there's something very very um, both tender and uh, like uh, committed about her that I think is is you know some complexity of that character. Uh, Serena, go ahead. Yeah, she's definitely very grounded. Like throughout the book, she constantly brings up the fact that she's ugly yeah. like not beautiful and that she's okay with it yeah which and is like so, a very human thing to do but like yeah, yeah i'm good are we good yeah. like she's 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 able to get past her her weaknesses and she knows her weaknesses and she understands does them. she know herself better than robert jordan does you're, you're mm -hmm. um, oops, some tilted heads and thinking heads zach yeah oh yeah like the whole like pretty much plot of this book is like robert jordan finding himself yeah. like mm -hmm. I, at the beginning of Robert Jordan is really task oriented and like all he wants to do is get his job done no matter, no matter how what and I pretty, not just Maria but pretty much the entire experience like has made him more of a human person right so it makes him more complex and in some ways more likable Jess um, I was going to say basing off of what Zach said um, in the beginning of the novel I'm not sure exactly where he tells his commander like he doesn't have time for girls like he has his mindset on winning the, the war yeah right. And then it, you see it change as he plans, wants to plan his life with Maria and like live in Madrid with her. So, so he almost like becomes a more three-dimensional man. It's not just about being a man of action, it's about being a man of compassion, a man of growth. Um, but by the end, he, I mean like, spoilers, he doesn't get the girl, he doesn't get the mission accomplished, he, he ends up, I mean, we can spoil it. Like, yeah. He's not. He, yeah, we we believe at the end of the book. There's a really good chance that uh, if he he's not going to make it own, up. he'll <laughs> probably just die from someone else. Yeah, he's going to die in the next like four minutes after this book is over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, did, were you upset by that ending? Did you like it? Did it bother you? Um, Endings Sir, like Serena. that they upset me, but I like them because it's like I get to sort of it, like leaves me hanging and I don't know why I like Do you think we should fill, finish this podcast when we finish it like and just be like in the middle of a sentence I'm like so in the end the moral of today's podcast what and then just cut it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
Was it like a, was it a gut punch to be like 490 pages in? Yeah, and be like, are you that's uh, hard. Yeah, anger. Yeah. I'm that's, that's what upset me. Not what happened. To, well, not what happened to Robert Jordan. What we think happened to Robert Jordan. It's the fact that they cut it off so like abruptly. Because you feel like robbed. Yeah, everything yeah. was going well. Like they got the bridge. Only lost a couple men and then all of a sudden you find out like he got shot in the leg or something right, he's bleeding out and he's like just go yeah. on without me and you're like all of this book for nothing <laughs> yeah. uh, well I mean like let's, let's get very like meta about it here like all of this book for nothing like if we go inside the Spanish Civil War 1936 thank you uh, through 1939 uh, he's fighting for the communists we come to find out of course that the communists versus the fascists in Spain spoiler doesn't go well for the communists mm -hmm. so this entire fight was in some futile. ways futile um, Hemingway's fight uh, Hemingway's character's fight the Hemingway hero fighting for nothing um, can you be a hero if your side is a losing side if you're fighting for a cause that doesn't win um, like if you get to the Super Bowl and you lose the game and lose badly like can you still be heroic in the way that you behave um, there Serena, you're saying yes. Yeah. In his case, um, he knew he was, like, when he got, I think his for his horse fell on his leg, and that's how it broke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in his case, he knew he wouldn't be able to, like, make it back. So instead of doing what his previous friend did, I forget his name, who shot himself, he decided to stay and, like, go through torture and try to, like, hold back the men that were coming forward. To endure. Yeah. And to try to buy some time for your friends to help. So there's the loyalty to his friends. It's, I mean, like, I don't mean to devalue the term of hero, but is it a heroic thing if you try to help your friends out? Is that is that is that what a heroic person would do? Mm -hmm. uh, but does that is that alone? Kate, you're, you don't look, you don't like sold on this idea. It depends on your motivation, I guess. Okay. Like, definitely, like him staying back and not like holding like his people back to like so that they can get free instead of killed with him. Like, yeah, but. In some cases, no. If it's like yeah, but some cases, like yeah, self motivation. Like his motivation was to save other people. So he's selfless, self sacrificing, yeah. and that feels heroic. Yeah. But like yes. if he's like, oh, I'm just gonna save my friends because I, it's for myself. For his ego. Like I'm saving yeah. myself. So there's no ego. It seems at this point, like yeah. willing to lay down his, his 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 himself there. Nick, your thoughts? Heroic, not heroic. Um, I believe it was heroic because like he did he, he planned out his entire life with Maria, and then he just you know technically throws it away but for a good cause because he lets her live on the life that she could and because she's like I'll stay behind he's like no go on without me it's very like uh, you know I don't know it's very old school hero right like you know kind of and, and you see in those last pages he has like a fight with himself he's like these italicized lines and it's like him talking to himself like no run away I can't you have to do it you're a coward no I'm not like fighting with himself you spend 400 pages going into this guy's head and then you just want this conversation to go just a little bit longer um but there's, of course, not, not enough time in the war. Um, in the end, did you feel that, um, I guess, Pablo was heroic? Um, because he came back, too, right? He tried to help out the cause. We're making the, I smell the garbage face on that, on that, that one. Uh, Serena, not buying it. Pablo, no hero. Like not, yeah, not a fan of Pablo. Why? Because he did what, what Robert Jordan did, right? He, like, sacrificed himself in some ways, but not really... Mm -hmm. When you ran off with the TNT or the dynamite, right. that just really made like I was so she upset. It, like, it makes you upset. Yeah, he acted like a coward, not a hero. Because and the fact that he came back, it was like that's what you're supposed to do. You don't get bonus points for doing the, the, yeah. the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah. Zach, I, I was disagreeing with you. Yeah, you feel like he just he was on the team, but hey, you said you'd be on the team, so sticking by your word, yeah. you don't get like bonus points for that. Um, 
Jess, you're, you're in the same accord on that one. Yeah, and he, but like he also did bring back more soldiers, but it just That's like heroic. didn't um, account or, or like it doesn't excuse the earlier. It just yeah. didn't feel right. It yeah. felt like it was a, like a, a hollow, empty thing to kind he, of make up for. Yeah, he did it out of like, oh, like please forgive me, instead of oh, here I'm doing this for the team. So it's like if someone like you know screws up and like buys you flowers, like I'm sorry. Yeah, like, flowers doesn't make up for the fact that you mm-hmm. totally dropped the ball. Yeah. Um, so let me ask this question. This is this is a good place to to, to wrap up today. I'm going to go around the horn with one final question. Um, if you had to tell another student about your age uh, about this book, like, hey, this book is hard, or this book is good, this book is worth reading because in like a tweet-sized blurb, like 140 characters, if you think about For Whom the Bell Tolls, what would you say to somebody? Like, when I think about this book, you think it is blah, blah, blah. Um, and you can use an emoji or two if you, if you, if you feel like it. Um, like, when I think about For Whom the Bell Tolls, I think it's, it's a brutal, uh, violent conflict that spends way too much time, and in the end, you wish it was just a little bit longer. I think that, that's, that's my tweet-sized summary. Um, but we want to just kind of take our last stabs at it and... Uh, send our listeners home with that this week. Um, Serena, want to give a shot? Um, it's a love story in the middle of a war, and it'll leave you questioning life. Okay, that's, 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 a, that's a good good shot fired there. Uh, somebody else want to jump in at Kate? Um, I definitely think it dragged on, uh-huh. but not long enough, because at the end you're like, are you kidding? Like, you're like on your toes. It just leaves your mind. So, so it drags on, but not long enough. Yeah. Wow. So it's both too long and too short. Uh, Zach, thoughts? I think you should. I think you should really read this book if you're ha- if you're having questions about yourself and like your identity. Because because reading what Robert's, Robert's humanization process and him becoming more human will probably make you more human in the end too. That's what they call mirrored neurons, right? We learn from watching people go through similar experiences about ourselves. Uh, Jess. Um. I think it's a good read. It's a little lengthy, but it's worth it because you get you learn. It's a love story, and you learn about yourself in okay. the process. Which is kind of like a composite of the two or three things we heard. Nick, last one for today. It's a really nice, thought-provoking, long story that you should read and not just spark note or whatever. It is. Schmoop your way through it. Excellent. <laughs> High five for not schmooping. Um, good. Uh, well, that's it for the podcast today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, for those who are here, round of applause. You guys did a great job on our first time through it. Um, if you want to talk more about this book, these are smart people. You should find them in our school's hallways because they're great. Um, if you want to talk more about it with me, uh, feel free to tweet at me. I'm at DJO. If you have ideas for new podcasts or future episodes, uh, we'll be back with another one next week. Um, you guys, kick some butt. Good job. Uh, and we'll see you back uh, here next week. Uh, thanks again for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>